This is Ross FM Sport. And you're very welcome to this week's Sport Pulse with myself, Aidan Raftery. And I hope you'll stay tuned for the next two hours for all that we have for you. We have many uh, interesting interviews for you this week. But uh, to start off the show, we're going to be doing local, national and international sport. And then we have the best interviews from the week. We have League of Ireland chat with myself and Luke McQuillan from Drogheda United um, social media team. And also we have In the Line Out, that's our weekly rugby discussion with uh, Michael cook and then we have uh we have the hurling way where i talked to talk to uh former wexford herder um larry o'gorman about uh, last week's action and what went on in the all-ireland quarterfinal and of course looking looking ahead to this week's uh this week's action as well and uh, here's a here's something for all you sports fans uh, a sector of sport that you probably will find interesting and it's sports management and um you know it just uh, gives you an insight uh, on how uh, how the business works and how they deal with players and um you know as a sports therapist um I've gone into partnership with um a sport management company called 442 sport management group so and uh, i'll be talking to their ceo uh joe jeffis uh jeff Koss, and um so that'll be you'll find that very interesting and that's going to be on every two weeks so that's something for you to look forward to it gives you an insight into the business and uh of course then there's sports nutrition uh, a sports or the nutrition podcast and then the sideline ball that's where i discuss all things uh ga with uh, tommy dowling and of course the nutrition podcast with uh, helen mcsherry from the magic spoon nutrition clinic so that's all to come back uh all coming up after this <laughs> there and now it is time for the local national and international news and of course as we know the uh the uh, the Roscommon ladies intermediate team face uh face Westmead in this year's all-ireland ladies intermediate football final semi-final uh the defeated where the defeated awfully in the previous round of the um of the championship and now they face Westmead in the All Ireland semi final. So um you know there's a good base there's a good mix of experience and youth in in the um in the Roscommon side but of course Westmead are outside are um down from the inter- from the seniors so they'll have uh, a good level of experience as well. So this should be an interesting game and that game is going to be in Glenbrook Glen Brothers Park, Pierce Park, uh, in uh, Longford. So this weekend. So let's hope the ladies win and uh, you know get into an All Ireland semi final. Unfortunately, the the Camogie team, the Roscommon Camogie Junior Camogie team, were edged out by Cavan, and uh, they lost in the championship on a scoreline of. Um, 
They lost out uh, two two sixteen to one six, so that was unlucky by the girls. But I'm sure, but they fought well throughout the game and they put in a spirited performance. And we haven't seen the end of this, uh, this Roscommon Junior Le- Junior Camogie team. So we'd like to wish them the best for twenty twenty one. So uh, we'd like to also wish the ladies. There's common ladies intermediate footballers as well as they head into the All Ireland semi final this this weekend. So let's hope that uh, they do, they can do their best and uh, you know get, get have some positive vibes from uh, from 2020. It will be it will be a great year. It will be a great way to spend to see off the end of the year. Brian Carroll is set to. Uh, become the GA chairperson now. Brian Carroll, a lovely guy, a guy I know myself, very helpful helpful guy. He's been um he's been the the uh, county board secretary for a good few years and uh, now he's going to get the ultimate job and become chairperson. So we'd like to wish him all the best and uh, so that uh, covers this week's um this week's local uh, G- local sport and of course I'd like to pay a tribute to some local people here as well uh, as we know Leo Hunt sadly passed away a, a man that was very will, will be will be sadly missed he he was big and he was used to run the bike uh, bike shop there years ago and he was a driver with um with Kushla out there in Dunamon who do who used to do great work of course they're they're not open at the moment but he, he was a driver with them for many years and a, a lovely man to go to and of course another man uh, Father Declan Brown who was a priest here in Roscommon for years and then he was out in Clabride. He and he got a lot done in both parishes while he was here and we'd just like to pay tribute to him and of course not forgetting Maradona, the legendary Maradona. Everyone will remember him for the hand of God, but he was a very skillful player as well, and he scored many wonderful goals. So we'd like to say, well, rest in peace. And um, elsewhere in the national and international sport, as we know, Cavan won the uh, the Ulster final, beating war beating um beating Donegal in the uh, in the Ulster final so they go through to the All-Ireland semi-final and of course the other uh, I suppose shock of the weekend was uh, Tipperary defeating um, defeating Cork in the Munster final and <clears throat> of course in the other two provincial finals Dublin had a, had a, a very big win over uh, Mead in the Leinster final and of course the weekend before last, Mayo defeat, defeated uh, Galway in the Connacht final. So there, they uh, those four teams get through to the final, get through to the All Ireland semi final. And as we know, that was the they were the same four teams that got to the All Ireland semi final back in twenty twenty back in nineteen twenty, uh, the day of bloody the year of bloody Sunday. So uh, you know it's a very poignant weekend. So we'd like to say well done to all those involved and of course johnson johnson backs call for venue change of course former cabin player uh, shawnee johnson is calling for the match to be taken out of crow park i don't know there'll be there'll be a, a fairly even split there now um, people of course as a player everyone wants to play in crow park and it's been a while since cabin played in crow park so the in the in championship so that'll be interesting and uh 
Man and Man United had a four-one win in uh, over um, over a Turkish side uh, in the in the Champions League. So well done to them. They got they're uh, doing well. And of course, uh, the Alan Brogan Challenge facing Ulster Heroes. Well, that's that's for another day. Uh, the pool are proving doubt was wrong. Unfortunately, as we know that uh, Liverpool were beaten by Atalanta in the uh, Champions League on uh, Wednesday night. So, um, but I'm sure they'll bounce back. They, they have a tough game now against Ajax next week. Uh, O'Sullivan to he- is heading back to the US, and uh, you know that's it's great to see the uh, the swimmers doing well. Irish midfield, midfield Scherner, um, midfield. Screamer um, Denise O'Sullivan has uh, she got a, a transfer, so well done to her. Pep Pep accepts that 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 it is up to him if he gets uh, misfiring City on track again. Well, you know he's a very good manager. He's um you know he's wise. He has a, he has a talented squad. So who knows what could happen there? And uh, you know he's doing well with them. So um. So that's it, and of course, don't forget at the weekend, last weekend then was the the quarterfinals, and that was an interview I did with Larry O'Gorman, uh, cover and all. So you can you'll hear that interview later on in the show, and uh, also the Dublin the Leinster final as well. And uh, so, what what are your thoughts? If you have any thoughts on where that that should that what should happen there, why not contact the show and we'll read your thoughts out on next week's show. Well, um, that's so. That concludes this week's local, national, and international sport. Up next, now it's time for the interview. Hello, Joe. How you doing? Uh, this is Aidan here, and you're welcome to this podcast. And I'd like to welcome all the listeners to the podcast, and I hope they enjoy what we what we have uh, in this week's podcast. So I suppose we better we'll start off. Uh, you know, if you tell the listeners a bit about yourself and uh, your background and how you got into sports management. Okay, so my name is George Jeffcott. Um, I'm based over in England. Um, my past record was I used to play football just at like amateur, semi-professional level, um, but I actually suffered with a knee injury around the age of 17, 18, like a ligament injury. And it just seemed that whenever I got to a certain level of fitness, just my body wasn't up to it. So in terms of pursuing a career in football as a player, I was quite limited to what I could do. So um, that's when I turned my attention looking at other ways to get into football. That's no, but that that's very good. That's very good. It's kind of like myself, like uh, when, when I was in my playing days as well, you kind of, when you get to a certain kind of age, you, you wonder, well, what way, how you think of the different ways of staying involved in sport. And I suppose for myself, it was uh, do, doing sports therapy, I suppose. And, uh, you know, for you, for you, it was sports management. So I suppose, what, what, um, how did you get interested in, in setting up the company 442 Sports Management Group? And, uh, you know, just tell the listeners a bit about the company and what you do. What you do. Yeah, so where it came from was initially I looked to get into football through coaching. So I was helping out at like an under-14 side 
if you look at uh, there's limited places on courses, there's limited opportunities available really, it's quite swamped and bogged down so I thought to get through that way into a decent level in football would be very difficult so I'd always been interested in like the sports management side. I've been a, a registered intermediary with the English FA so I can act on behalf of players and clubs in negotiations. Um, so I decided, uh, April 2018 it was, when I decided to take the plunge and set the company up. Um, because when to become an intermediary, you have to pay a registration fee. So I didn't want to pay for that up front. But then I couldn't start talking to people about being an intermediary without having something there. So I thought if I set up at the company, set up a website, then rather than just having a nameless conversation with people, I can start to build a brand in effect, really, and, and build up contacts and people will remember the company name rather than just one person, one name in a sea of faces is difficult to remember. So I found that was the probably the best way of going about it, really. That's it, and that, that's that's a very interesting story. And uh, how many years ago did you did you establish the company? And I suppose take us through the last uh, the the years since since you've developed and how you find it, found it, and where it's taken you as a person, and I suppose the the opportunities that you've gotten through it. Yeah, so I think say so the company was set up in April two thousand eighteen. So then I set about I built the website myself. And then I went away and thought, right, who do I need to be able to speak to? And started to build up contacts at clubs, players, managers, scouts, other agents, and just speaking to them, as many people as I could, going to networking events, um, and just, just talking to all the people in the industry, seeing what kind of things are good, what's bad, what to avoid. Then I actually paid the registration fee in June 2018, so I can actually then begin speaking with a player with the view to representing them. Because um, around that time as well, there's quite a lot of bad press about football agents taking money out of the game. Um, so what I wanted to do really was, was help people get back into football, but then also give back to the grassroots as well. So when the agency is more established, I'm thinking of putting a lot of, the money back into grassroots so using the players that we have within the agency to work with clubs or projects in their local area or just set up like a central fund where people can contact us and say you know we need some equipment or we need some money for a coach or we need some money for doing the changing rooms up you know we've got a team of so many people just to put money back into football rather than an agent's view of taking money out of the game that's it, and uh, you know that that's a very uh, it's a very wor worthwhile and rewarding uh, rewarding experience for yourself and I suppose the people that you represent. So I suppose lo looking at it from that point of view, um, can you give us an idea of sort of the clubs and the sports that you you represent, the players, and uh, you know what countries you, you spread across uh, Europe yeah. and I suppose the world or whatever. And uh, I, I think you, you were saying that you represent. Um, players and uh, clubs in Ireland as well. You, you deal with uh, players in Ireland and in various sports as well. Yes, yeah, so we deal, we are always looking to work in, in you know, various countries throughout the world. Um, there's quite a few players within England that are looking to move into Ireland. 
and play you know, fo- their football there. And then I've also been speaking with players based in Ireland that want to move um, into clubs in Europe, you know, just to try something different, a different lifestyle, um, and just to see how far they can develop and, and raise their profile really further and, and promote the, the football in Ireland as well. That sounds very interesting. And I suppose, what are the, the many, um, I suppose the many, the many uh, what you call it, services that you provide for, for players? Like, what do you do for players as regards, so, you know? Yes, so what we... And... Yeah, so what, when, when a player contacts us to, to work with us, what we do is we look at their background as a player, so where they've played we'll ask them where they would like to get to and what their immediate goals are. So if somebody says to me, you know, I want to play in the championship in England, but I'm happy to play in these sort of leagues, you know, we work, find a way of working that out to, to get to where they want to be. So once they're a player with us, we would look to help them with their, you know, social media, help them raise their profile working in the media, doing podcasts, doing interviews, doing sponsorship contracts. But then we've also got experts on board as well. So if somebody said to me, I need advice on a recurring injury or a training method, you know, we can put them in touch with yourself as an experienced person and and you can have a conversation with them to advise them on training methods and training techniques. And then we've got people that can help the financial side, financial planning, the psychological side and then other things like if they need a help with buying a car, buying a house, anything that they need help with, we're there to help them in their football career, but also their personal life as well. You know, somebody to talk to, somebody they can turn to, somebody they can trust that if they've got a problem, they can say to us in confidence, like, I'm not, this isn't going well in my life. I need help. And then, we can put them in touch with an expert that can help that, or we can help ourselves. Um, it's just about connecting them with the right people that can help them out. That's it, because I mean, you know, just like you, you said there a minute ago, you have so many people, you know, people have this view of agents where, you know, the agents just think about how much, how much money they can make out of the player. But with people, the company, the people that work for you, with you, they think more about, you know, what's in the best interest of the player rather than the agents themselves. And, you know, the, you, you have uh, certain contacts that can help a, a player in all aspects of their lives, uh, depending on what their targets and goals are in the, like, uh, currently and in the future. That's correct, yeah. So we, our, our aim isn't to make, you know, a lot of agents will think you should go to that club because you'll get more money. And then the agent will be thinking, my, my cut will be a lot more. Whereas we would advise somebody to go somewhere, we'd say it's what works best for the player. So if the yeah. player knows that by going to a different club that's slightly lower than the top offer, but he knows he'll get regular football there and he can work with this coach there and he's located in this place, it's about the whole package because, you know, yes, you could earn a lot more at one club, but it could be in a part of the country or in a country you don't want to be in or, you know, it's about looking at the longer term uh, end goal, really working in the long term. So taking the right steps that suits them really. That's it because you have a player that would, um, you know, an agent would say to them, 
oh, well, you can go to this club and you'll earn loads of money. But I suppose the player would rather be playing, would be rather play, would rather to play well, play more football with a club rather than earning a lot of money and staying on the bench, you know. So there's uh, that, yeah. there's, you know, I suppose every footballer is different. Some people, some players just want, you know, to go to a higher club and they're, I suppose, to be happy to play. You know, they get their money and they'd be happy to play on the bench, but not many players will be in that situation. You know, if a player goes to a club, they want to play first team football, and if they see it where the day, a day comes that they're going to spit beyond the bench for a long period of time, they'd rather move on to get first team football and be in a starting 11. So, you know, you've you probably have different players with different uh ambitions, you know, other than money. So, you know, that that's uh, that's good as well because. You know, a player could go from, we said, the League of Ireland to, I don't know, Spain. And, yeah, he'd be getting more money, but he might only get one or two appearances in the season. And he might be very good, but, you know, there might be, due to the quality of the team players in that team, that their uh, game time will be limited. Whereas if they went to a championship team in England, at least by going to a, the championship in England, for example, they're putting themselves in the shop window. Exactly, yeah. And uh, clubs, uh, you know, I suppose scouts would be coming around from all over Europe if they heard about this, such a player. And then that's where yourself, people like yourselves would be would be able to come in and help a player um, to sort th- those kind of things out. Yeah, because as well, with, with the clubs, um, when we speak to the clubs, you know, we could go to a club and say, I've got this CV, this player here, you know, he's been a, a Premier League club, he's been there since he's been 10 years old. And the clubs will look at it and go, yes, that's good, but um, he needs to have game time. You know, the clubs want players that can come in, hit the ground running, and, and they want to be able to look back and go, well, last season he's played X number of games, he scored this many goals. They can actually quantify it, really. I mean, the good example of it really is, is, is Harry Kane. So he was at Tottenham, and then he's gone on loan out to Leighton Orient. He's gone, you know, and he's learned his trade at a lower level. He's gone out on, he could have stayed at Tottenham just playing different age groups, reserves, you know, under 23s, but he's gone out as a young player to Leighton Orient on loan where he's been kicked and booted around and he's learned the trade. He's put the game time, he's got the minutes, got the goals. He was on loan at Leicester, he's been at loan all different clubs. So when he got his chance at Tottenham, he'd already put those minutes on the pitch. He's got that experience, he knows what to do, the thought processes, because what you do in training, you can't replicate the pressure of a match. You know, that split-second decision on what to do. So my advice to players would always be, find the deal where you're going to get the right balance of being paid, you know, what you feel you're worth, but also weigh up the minutes on the pitch, the game time, because that is invaluable, really, that game time to learn, you know, what you need to do in certain situations. And there's, of course, there's so many, so much aspects, so many aspects to football, uh, you know, at a professional level, like there's, you know, things like, you know, getting to going into training, training, right, you know, but there's also the things where, you know, some days where things are going wrong, maybe you have a bad match, and if you're not, if you don't play well, then maybe the manager could drop you for a for. Uh, a certain period or whatever, or they might downgrade you to the reserves or something. You know that that can that can play on a player's mind, and maybe a player can lose their confidence 
uh, from that. And of course, as well, you know, you have players with injuries that could be out for short and between short term and long te- term. That can be, you know, what do they do in the meantime? How do they, uh, obviously, aside from doing physio and their recovery and, um, you know, rehab and that, like, how do they pass the time? Because when you're out injured, you have a lot of time on your hands and uh, you, you feel left out because you're not, you're not training and you're not able to train. And then, of course, when you do come back, you know, will I get my place back? So there's a, there's a lot of strands that, that you, 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 people like yourselves can, can help a player, even like as a, even in the, the situations that I just mentioned there. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's the key thing, the psychology behind the sport. And that's one thing, you know, we, there's something that I work with in terms of player psychology. Um, so that we can refer people to. He's based down in London, but he can work, you know, wherever he works. He's worked in many fields, many sports, with a proven track record with, with the way that he deals with things in terms of improving performance. So he's not looking at physical aspects. It's about turning negative emotions and negative energy into a positive. Um, that's so it. it. That's, it's that's it's just... In sport, yeah, and it gives you that extra edge. It's just finding that extra, you know, percentage on competitors, rivals in the team, and turning the negative feelings, negative thoughts, and turning those around into positives. That's it, and that's key. But I suppose give us an, an inkling as well as to uh, other sports that you're involved with and other levels. I know you just said there, like you represent players in, in Ireland, and I suppose we say in Ireland now at a junior level, yeah, you have a very good and a very talented player, um, you know, and I know there's there's tournaments like the Kennedy Cup, uh, that goes on every year in June in in um, in you in the University of Limerick, and you know scouts come over to that and things like that. But you know they also play for their clubs. There's young lads and I suppose adult players as well, and maybe they have ambitions of going further. And we say in. You know, usually like in Dublin, all all the all the scouts will be going to matches in Dublin, and they might necessarily go to, we say, Roscommon or, you know, the the other parts, Leitrim or yeah. anything. You know, to to spot other players. So I suppose from that point of view, maybe their best chance is to get in involved in the League of Ireland club. And um, you know, I suppose you know it's it's not the same as playing in England or anything, but it it is a good stepping stone because. You do get scouts coming watching League of Ireland. I know at the at the moment <laughs> with COVID, uh, travel uh, for scouts isn't isn't uh, isn't easy and all that. So that's probably on hold for now. But it is a good way of getting, even though it's a different standard to playing in the Championship or that or the Premier League over in England. It's still a good stepping stone because there are scouts coming over to Ireland and looking for the best players over here, and that's that's even at underage level as well in the League of Ireland. Yeah, that's that's what clubs are doing. So now, rather than people physically scouting because of the COVID restrictions, a lot of them are looking at videos. A lot of them are going off, you know, word of mouth. So they might build up a contact at a club or work with clubs. That, clubs are networking a lot more. So before it was quite insular where they'll just look after themselves, whereas now the clubs are connecting. You know, there's, there's agents that are connecting together to help each other out because of the the COVID situation, you know, it's unprecedented in terms of restrictions on travel and restrictions on people attending matches and things like that. So scouts, 
and clubs are working a lot closely together to say, look, you know, we've come across this player. He might be something that would work well for you. And people are taking a chance on people. They're looking at video highlights again. So whereas before they'd want players scouted a number of times and in certain situations now, they're going off video footage, off stats, off match reports. They're having to do it a different way to what they've done in the past. That's it. And I suppose really uh, looking at it from your own point of view as a business, like you're representing players, it must be difficult for you at the current time with with the COVID and and the restrictions that are imposed on you and the amount of travel you do. And I suppose communications with, well, I suppose with, uh, you know, communications with players, you can do it on the internet, you can do it over the phone and different things like that. But it's actually, actually been there physically for the player or, you know, being able to represent them. I suppose it has an impact on your business, on yourselves as a business. Yeah, so I, I like to, you know, I keep in regular contact with, with the players through WhatsApp, through phone calls, through different social plat- media platforms that we're on. So I do keep regular contact with them. But, you know, it is always nice to meet up and have a chat, you know, have some lunch together, have a drink together, you know, whatever environment you want to be in or, or going to see some of their games and have not been able to do things like that, you know, just turn up and I say, oh, well done, you've done really well that game. You just surprise them and be there and, and support them. We're not able to do that, which has been difficult because we do want that personal touch of that being there for them, really. Um, so just suppose, working within yeah, the restrictions. From, from your point of view, like we said, the... COVID aside, usually when there's crowds there, you, you, you can watch the players and go to games as well yourselves. Yes, I would do, yeah. So I try to get to as many games as I can. So I'll go to games just to watch football. I might go to a game to, to see a coach or speak with a scout or watch a player myself. Because as well as repre- we represent players for the, with the agency, but we also work with clubs as well. So club might come to us and say we need help recruiting a player and so at the moment you know uh, it's a club based in Essex they're step five clubs so they're like a non-league club but they just said to ourselves they approached us and said can you help us in recruiting a few players for after lockdown Um, which is early December that ends so we then just posted out through our social media platform saying there's a club in England, Step 5, you know, London, South East England-based players. It's an opportunity to play. The club can't pay a salary because they're just a small club, but, you know, they've got access to coaches. They'll record the footage. You're going to get game time. And that, will, in turn, will lead to, you know, players being able to say, last season I played at this club, I've played 25 games. Here's the footage. And it gives that player that advantage then over 10 or 15 other players that have not been able to play football. They've just been training but not playing. So That's it. That's great. And I suppose from, from your own point of view, from the job that you do, what are the, the great points or the points that you love about the job? And are there any kind of difficult things about the job that you don't like or you just like the whole package i i would sell i like the fact that i like to help people out so i've always been like that where if somebody needs a favor or somebody needs a hand you know just give me a shout i'm always there i'll do my best whatever if i don't know the answer 
I'll go away and find the answer or I'll help you and put you in touch with somebody who has got the answer to help you out. So I like the fact that we could take a player who's been released from a Premier League club, Championship club, League One club, wherever in the world, whatever, they've been released from a big club, their head's in turmoil, what can I do? I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. And then we can work with them to help them plot a course really of how to get back into football. So, you know, first and foremost, we go, right, let's sort your CV out. Let's get that in a nice format, nice, easy format. Let's get your highlights footage together. Let's put that in one place. Right, where do you want to play? What are you happy doing? What parameters do you want to work within? And then we'll go and find the clubs for them. We'll go and speak to the clubs, get them trials, get them clubs, get them game time, whatever they need. And just get them back on their feet. Just get that confidence back get them settled in what they're doing and then just work with them long term and keep keep pushing them from there that's it and of course uh, you know it's it's uh, it's great to see that but have you got some examples of players that you've represented in the past and that are that are doing well in football now just to give an example yeah i mean what we've got is uh, we've got a goalkeeper she's called amber taylor so um I just come across one of her videos where she she'd put it online where she was training and uh, training with a goalkeeping coach to put some highlights on. So I saw obviously, you know, she's got great potential, great goalkeeper. So I got in touch with her and she said that she'd been at a club and she'd been there for me she'd been there for about six six or seven years, been quite successful, but she'd suffered a, a bad knee injury. Um so the club basically turned around and said, Well, you're injured, we're gonna release you. So it took her about a year to recover from the injury. And then she got back to fitness. She was training with the various clubs. But obviously, she wasn't sure which direction to go. So, you know, she signed up with the agency. We'd managed to get her a few trials at a few clubs. She'd got a few trials through her contacts. And then she ended up signing with Watford Ladies Development Squad. So now she's in a nice, good environment. She tried a few clubs out and said that works best for her. So he said, well, we'll go for it. And, you know, she's there now playing playing for them, working hard with them. And she's also on the, um, on BT Sport, there's a documentary at the minute about a, a female team that that's currently ongoing at the moment, which she's, she was part of as well. That's great, and you know it'd be lovely if if I could get a chance to interview her, her as well for a for for a, an interview for a podcast. But yeah, that that's great. But do you just purely specialise in football, or do you do various other sports? Right. Well, we we do we're doing football at the moment, but we're always looking to expand. Yeah. So in January, we're bringing on board another intermediary to work with us um, to help you know regionally. He's based in in the Midlands, so he can bring on board players there, see players there, meet players there. But we're also looking to work with you know athletes in terms of rugby players. We're going to also look to move into various different sports, really. And then what we'll do is we'll get on board people in those areas that are experts. So you know we'd bring into the group somebody that deals with rugby players that knows inside out. So, so we've got the experts in place in terms of injury, psychology and all that. They can transfer across into all sports. 
So just bringing in experts, people that know what they're doing, that have got the contacts already that we can incorporate yeah. into our contacts and move into all different sports, yeah. That's no problem. Well, that, that's great. It, it, and, of course, it's, it's exciting for you and for the, the business to, that you have uh, such exciting plans in place as well. So and uh, just to let the listeners know that this is going to be a regular podcast, isn't it, Joe? We're going to yes, do yes, regular it is, yeah. podcasts. Yeah. Look up today. But I suppose before we go, we just uh, just want to say that um, myself, Ava Aftery, uh, sports therapist with AR Sports Therapy Clinic, um, we're delighted to be. I'm delighted to be in partnership with the uh, 442 Sports Management Group, and uh, you know it's it's great that we're working together to promote each other, Joe. And I'm looking forward to uh, to you know to promoting you and you promoting me as well, and things like that. It's a it's a good partnership, isn't it? It is very good, yeah. And they say we are we have been looking for a while in increasing our profile in Ireland and working with Ireland-based players, Ireland-based clubs. So, you know, yourself being as experienced as you are is the perfect yeah. partner for us because we want to work in that area and, and help everybody. You know, know. We're, we're looking forward to working for, with each other and, you know, it's, uh, you know, we can, we can help each other out and things like that. And, of course, you know, with the regular podcasts, that will be a huge help. And, uh, you know, the podcast will be going on the websites and, and um you know, the various uh, social media things as well. So, uh, yeah, so we, we leave it at that for now, Joe. And I look forward to talking to you again uh, in two weeks' time. Great stuff. Speak to you then. No problem. Thanks very much. And that's Joe Jeff, Jeff Cott from, uh, from 442 Sports Management Group. Hello, Michael, how are you doing? And you're very welcome to this week's uh, in the line out. And uh, yeah, so there was a uh, things went more or less as we expected last weekend uh, versus England. Uh, a, def- a defeat, unfortunately, in the Aviva. Uh, what are your thoughts on the game? And what things do you think went w- we we did well? And what things do you think we need to improve on for the remainder of the tournament? Yeah, well, I don't think we did a whole pile well, to be honest with you. I mean, we might have only lost by 11 points, 18 points is seven. But in truth, it could have been a lot more. England uh, were far much better than Ireland. There was a serious gulf in class there. And I suppose the, the, there was just, we were, we have a lot to improve on, a lot of room for improvement. But uh, one of the first things, I suppose, if we look to work on is our line out because uh, yet again it is faltering albeit with slightly different personnel like uh, what's even more frustrating is the fact that we're losing line outs in promising positions and therefore spurning opportunities to score points so that happened on more than one occasion and that needs to be addressed sooner rather than later because it's one of the basics of the game and it cost us dearly against England I suppose another thing well, the I suppose if you're looking for positives, we towards the end we saw a glimmer of hope when Billy Burns produced that uh, beautiful chip over the top uh, with Jacob Stockdale latching onto it and scoring a try. You know, I'd like to see more of that inventive kicking from Ireland. When did what happens? Rare is wonderful. We saw it, that was, but that was one. But we see it few and far between. So we need more of that happening on a more regular basis. And I suppose um, 
I don't know. I suppose another thing we got to do as well. Sometimes uh, like when we get a penalty, there's a tendency to go for the line and kick for touch rather than go for the posts. I think that uh, we got to start um, go, going for the posts more when it makes more sense and not to be always going for the juggler. And I suppose a bit of experience and a bit of know-how comes down there as well. I suppose um, England, you know, they they executed this to good effect. Like they had already a big lead built up at 12-0 around about half time. And then Owen Farrell, instead of going for the jugular, took two, two of the three-pointers on offer and stretched the lead to 18-0, leaving us chasing a bigger gap. So at times we just have to settle for the going for the posts and that's where captaincy leadership and experience comes in. In terms, then, I suppose, of positives, I suppose, aside from the inventive kicking that we rarely see, I suppose the only other positive was Caelan Doris, who was uh, came into the team. He'd been playing really well for Leinster lately, and he did it uh, against England and Twickenham, which is an encouraging sign, albeit in a game of little significance. But the fact that he could do it against England and Twickenham is encouraging nonetheless. That's it. And I suppose really... Looking at the, um, we, we were discussing in previous interviews about the change of captaincy. Um, I suppose that that's where you, you kind of miss Johnny Sexton's the, the way he captained the squad. But uh, I suppose what, what would you, what are your thoughts on the new new captaincy and the the style of captaincy, and also the um, I suppose we were discussing in last week's interview as well about uh, the you know the new players coming into the team and all that that were replacing lads that are, weren't in the team this time. What, what were your thoughts on their performances against England? Um, well, I suppose, first of all, to answer your first question about the captaincy, well, I think this, uh, it, uh, well, while Johnny Sexton has served us well, we got to start giving it to a younger player because if we're building for the future, like Johnny Sexton is... Mid, come mid to late 30s, he's not getting any younger, so he's not the future. So we have to be training in the younger players, which, of course, is where James Ryan got his chance. But I think, you know, that he, he needs to be given time. You know, it's a tough yeah. to, test to start off with in terms of captaincy. Now, I know he had his hands full in the line-out uh, with uh, Maru Utoje, who, in fairness, is a tough customer, a tough man to keep on track on. So... Our Maru Toji is one of the best uh, second rows in the world and he seemed to telegraph our lineouts and he just seemed to pop up any time uh, we, we had a lineout and he was largely dominant uh, coming up against his Irish counterpart. So I suppose it was a difficult start for, for James Ryan, but uh, I wouldn't be dropping him in the captaincy just yet. You know, he's a phenomenal player and he deserves a chance. And I think, you know, a lot of people that have seen him play underage, under 20s for Ireland said he's an Irish captain and waiting. So I'd hold out on that one for a while yet. I wouldn't be dropping him as captain after one game. Well, I suppose if you're asking me about um, who impressed uh, from the new players that were introduced, well, I suppose I already alluded to Caelan Doris was one of the very few positives uh, from a, an Irish point of view. Ross Byrne, of course, was introduced at out half uh, he wasn't uh, that effective, but uh, to be fair to Ross Byrne, you know, he's not used to playing on the back foot. He's used to playing on the front foot because he's normally with a Leinster side that are dominating. He's not used to a, t a team that are that are being outclassed. He wasn't getting the support of his forwards, wasn't getting that go forward ball that he needs. So we can't lay all the blame on him. 
Um, I suppose, uh, I suppose, Dana, you're 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 looking you're looking elsewhere. To be honest, uh, outside of that, there there wasn't really many st- standout performers from a from an Irish perspective. I suppose the the bench did make a positive impact. Billy Burns and Jacob Stockdale in the short time they were on impressed as did Connor Murray, you know, but again, that they were, they, they were only impressed when they appeared in brief, brief appearances, cameo appearances as a sub. As a sub. That's it. And I suppose going back to the captaincy of, uh, you know, of uh, Jamie Ryan, uh, he was, I suppose, you know, he's obviously that was his first game and it does take time. I suppose like every other, like every player that comes into a new t- into the team and that, and when when they get a new position or whatever, and the captaincy, it takes time to fit into the role, I suppose. And uh, but he's he's lucky in one sense that he has a few players that have that are kind of leaders on the pitch as well. I mean, you have players of the experience like Peter O'Mahony and uh, Keith Earls and players like that that have been there and done that, and they have that level of experience. I suppose there'll be other teams then that there'll be other players then that will be giving them tips and you know, how to handle different situations and all that. And with that in mind, he probably, he'll, he'll gain more, ca- he'll gain more confidence uh, as, as he moves on in the captaincy. Yeah. Well, I suppose like, uh, like he, he, Peter O'Mahony there, there alongside him to, to guide him in the right direction. I suppose that he was, Peter O'Mahony was one of the very few because uh, it was to be, to be honest, it was, a largely inexperienced uh, Irish side that they went with. For a lot of those guys, it was their first time playing at Twickenham, and it was a, a, a like a, a very inexperienced side. There was a lot, a lot of new players playing there. Now uh, you mentioned Keith Earls. Keith Earls, there, he's uh, one of the more experienced players, but of course, he was only just coming back from injury as well. He had all he the he the likes of. Keen Healy, but other than that, you know, it was a, a, a very young side at large and a, ver- a very inexperienced one at that. So Ryan, I suppose, along the way, will will pick up nuggets of knowledge uh, from from them. But uh, yeah, he definitely needs uh, some bit of experience to draw on because if he's uh, totally surrounded by youth, then that's not going to be the ideal platform for him to succeed either. That's it, and I suppose really, and another and another. Uh aspect of it we remember we, we've been saying about uh you know simon zebo and what a huge loss he is because he's playing in france and you know that's what we're saying we're tied like that because of the rules that any foreign-based players uh won't be won't make it into the squad or, or won't be playing for ireland which is a shame but i think uh you know i've read quite a few articles over the last number of weeks and there there are a lot of players there are a lot of former players and journalists that are kind of saying well listen if, we, if we're going to succeed and and improve between now and uh, and then and when you consider the experience that Simon Zebo has and and what he could bring to to this Ireland squad the experience he'd be another player that could uh, help out James Ryan in the captaincy base you know with his experience but also, the, the the level of rugby he's playing at in France, when when he comes into the Irish squad, he'd add a huge amount to uh, to the squad. And if if he could get into the starting fifteen, it's uh, it's something you'd like to think that the IRFU would maybe look into because he he's a player, he's the type of player we're badly missing in the team, aren't we? Aren't we? Yeah. Uh... 
Yes, well, like I said to you in the past few recordings of this podcast, yes, if I had my way, he'd be in there every single time. And I think anyone that saw him play in the Champions Cup final for Racing or indeed throughout the whole Champions Cup season, I think anyone can see that he'd be a great addition to this Ireland side. But sadly, I don't think the IRFU are going to do that. So, you know, to see if, if right were right, uh, Zebo would definitely be starting at full back in the team. But we, we are where we are and I just unfortunately can't really see that happening. And I suppose, looking at that thing, is, is it only kind of the IRFU that have that uh, thing, that, that policy, or is it... Because I don't think you have that in, in England, in the English squad. I think, you know, there's been a number of players, I suppose, that has been... Well, I know the way England are, most of the players are based in England yeah, anyway, but have, have they... don't got, really have, have that for To be fair, there are other countries that, uh, that do have that policy, like Argentina, for instance, in the last World Cup, they, uh, they they left out uh, some top players that uh, are playing their rugby in the top 14, like Juan Imhoff as a winger, you know, that was scoring some great tries in this year's Champions Cup. And he didn't get a look in with the uh, Argentinians this year because he, play, because he plays in France. And there's a couple of other players in the same boat. And of course, uh, Julian Savea, for New Zealand, we he was the player of the 2015 World Cup with the All Blacks. He was scoring tries left, right and centre. He would remind you of a young Jonah Lomu. And then he was out of the reckoning completely for New Zealand because he moved to France. Now, of course, the one exception with New Zealand, and they have a similar policy to the IRFU, um, the one exception was the great Dan Carter. But Dan Carter is one of the best players to ever play the game. So I suppose... Like if any man is going to have an exception made for him, it's him. But outside of Dan Carter, the All Blacks, they, they kind of don't really make exceptions for anyone else. But the big difference, of course, is, is that teams like the All Blacks can afford to have these rules because they've got such a depth of talent at their disposal. We aren't blessed with such an embarrassment of riches. That's it. And I suppose uh, moving on now to um, the rest of the tournament, as we were saying, like, you know, with uh, their the, the, uh, next up, Ireland have Georgia. And I don't think they're going to really learn a whole pie from, from, from that game. I suppose it's a game that they can give the uh, the fringe players a chance in. But I suppose looking at the remainder of, of the tournament, uh, the games that were remaining, what are your thoughts on that? Right. Well, uh, yeah, as I suppose uh, you, I would expect and I would hope that Ireland would beat Georgia and beat them by a cricket score at that. So anyway... Basically, what happens anyways, the next stage is that uh, you have two you have two pools in this Autumn Nations Cup. And what happens is you know, the first the place teams in each pool play each other. The two second place teams play each other. The two third place teams play each other. And the two last place teams play each other. Now, we still have one round of fixtures to come. But it's expected that England will top our pool and France will top the other pool. So that means England will play France. So Ireland should beat Georgia at the, at the weekend. And should they do so, they'll finish second, which was most likely leave the leave them coming up against Scotland would be the team that would be expected to finish second in the other pool. There's a, an outside chance that Wales 
can uh, can finish higher. The Wales are expected to finish third. There's an outside chance they might finish higher than that, but that is a slim chance given how poorly Wales are playing at the minute. So if they finish third, it's pro- it's looking like that they might go be be going up against Italy. And then the two last place teams are going, it looks like it's going to be Fiji versus Georgia. Georgia, who are in line to finish bottom of our pool. So that's uh, how the next round is expected to pass uh, pan out anyway at this moment in time. Yeah, and I suppose really, ideally, you know, th- this tournament is, uh, I suppose you could say it's it's a warm-up, it's a warm-up uh, tournament for the, the Six Nations in 2021. But I suppose in this tournament, is it... Uh, you know, does it does it help towards ranking or anything, or is it just like kind of a series of, of friendlies? Or what are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, I suppose it would uh, it would uh, already have uh, have a, it would have a small impact. Like I mean, it wouldn't have a major impact uh, impact on ranking. Now, of course, the World Cup seeding positions are already decided, so it's like they were based on ranking positions before this tournament started. So from a World Cup seedings point of view, it doesn't really carry an awful lot of importance. I suppose you might get a certain amount of points for winning a match, but in the scheme of things, it really doesn't matter. It really, in compared to the Six Nations, compared to the World Cup, it is very much a third in the pecking order. And it's largely, you know, it's viewed as a friendly series of matches. A chance to blood new players it's re- replacing the old autumn internationals that used that you that used to be there so it's in the scheme of things it's it's it's, 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 it's a chance to blood new players and get match practice and that but in the scheme of things it's well down the list of priorities and i suppose look, looking ahead to the six nations uh what are your thoughts on the um you know, the, the squad, I suppose, that you expect to see or the starting 15 that you expect to see come the Six Nations in 2021? Um, well, I suppose we're... The, the Six Nations is a is a bit away yet. Uh, it is... It's, it's, well, it is, it is certainly very far ahead. Like, we're only... This is only November. We're not going to be... Well, it's uh, it's normally getting underway again in February, but because of COVID now and the a disrupted calendar, I don't know if it will be getting underway in February. But um, yeah, no, so it is. It's uh, don't well, I don't see any radical changes as such. I suppose still, I have a concern at half back because uh, Sexton and Murray aren't as effective as they were. And Johnny said, but still having said that, Johnny Sexton is still very far ahead of all our alternatives at number 10. So I haven't really um, see, uh, seen anything to get excited about there. And I'm still hoping that we will find a replacement because, as I said to you earlier, Johnny Sexton isn't getting any younger. I particularly will persist with Ryan with the captaincy. I think we learned last week, uh, last week that Peter Omani is not a natural number seven. Uh, he can play six, all right. He can play eight, but can't, he can't play seven. So uh, I suppose if if he's to per, if he's to persist with CJ Stander at six, then you're looking you're looking at Josh van der Fleer at seven. Kalen Doris then all of a sudden is in the wrecking for the number eight spot, and all of a sudden Peter O'Mahony has a battle in his hands to get his starting place. But um, yeah, no. But if you were picking on the form, that'd be the back row you'd be looking at. So Peter O'Mahony isn't necessarily guaranteed his place uh, by any means. Uh, I still don't know if Jacob Stockdale is a natural 15. 
I kind of see more of a role for him on the wing. So, and other than that, then I suppose I would expect uh, Bundiaki and Robbie Henshaw, or sorry, Bundiaki and Gary Ringrose, I beg your pardon, to be pairing up at the centre. Gary Ringrose, of course, is absent at the moment through injury. But from an Irish perspective, the sooner he gets back, the better, because he's one of the better players in the team. And looking ahead just briefly before uh, we finish up the podcast on the Pro 14, and uh, we mentioned, I suppose, to start off the conversation, we were saying about, you know, Connacht have been very unlucky with it. They're, they're, they were missing two games due to the opposition players, uh, certain, a few of the opposition players having uh, COVID. So, you know, the two games is quite a lot, even though, you know, it mightn't sound it's only two games, but it actually does make a difference. Uh, performance-wise and match sharpness, I suppose, because in the Pro 14 being the sort of tournament that it is, um, you know, it can be, I suppose, a drawback for them. But uh, what are your thoughts on the um, the Pro 14 so far and, I suppose, look, looking at the remainder of the Pro 14? Well, I suppose Connacht, as expected, they had a huge cricket score victory over Zebra, winning by 47 points to 12. So it was a good weekend overall from a Connacht perspective, seeing as other results went their way as well. Ulster defeated the Scarlets and Leinster defeated the Cardiff Blues by a heavy score. So they're the teams that are around Connacht in the, in the table and conference, in the Conference B at the minute. So all results went Connacht's way last weekend. Uh, they now, of course, uh, have a golden opportunity. I, I know that uh, I said the same before the surprise defeat against the Scarlets, but they seem to, well, they've recovered form against, albeit a weakened Zebra side, but they now, they have two games, home games upcoming against the Ospreys uh, this coming Saturday, and then after that against Benetton. That was the rescheduled game. It was called off recently due to COVID, but the home game against Benetton is coming up shortly after the Ospreys game. And uh, their coach, Andy Friend, said that they're targeting the knockout stages this year. So winning games at home, 90% of them is imperative if they're to do that. And Connacht should be looking for an eight, po- eight points from a minimum of do- a minimum of eight points from those two games. Now, it looks like um, they could w- conceivably be without Abraham Papali for, for those games. He got a red card in the game against Zebra, which could be harsh enough. I'm not sure if it was the fair decision, but he's going to appeal it. He could get his appeal, but if his red card is upheld, that he'll be out for at least one of those games. And also, uh, Tom Farrell is uh, picked up an injury, so Tom Farrell looks to be out for the, those games. So, you know, to say that Connacht would rather have those two guys at their disposal. But having said that, they're at home, and you would think that all going well, that they're good enough to win those games. So Connacht should be looking at targeting a minimum of eight points there. And it would uh, be another step in the right direction, or another two steps in the right direction, should they manage to do that. That's it. Well, it's going to be, it's going to be an, a very interesting game, uh, you know, weekend of Pro 14 matches. And we look forward to talking talking to them talking about them next week so listen thanks very much michael for uh doing uh on the in the line out with us this week and we look forward to talking to you again next week excellent Aiden. thanks again no problem thanks very much and that was michael cook our rugby analyst hello helen how you doing and you're welcome to this week's uh, nutrition podcast and I'd like to welcome all the listeners to the podcast and we hope you enjoy what we have 
to talk about Hi. and some interesting things. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, some interesting mm-hmm. things uh, to, to to think about on the way on the lead up to Christmas, I suppose, nutrition wise. And the important thing is doing everything in um, in moderation, including exercise. That's um that's it really in a nutshell, Aiden. And uh, you know, I want everybody to have a happy and healthy Christmas and. You really need one this year because we've had a rough old year and um, you know there's lots of little things that we can do to um, just um, and cur- curtail the sugar the amount of sugar that we consume that would be my main tip and um, there's lots of easy ways to do that but uh, you know things like um, instead of going for like your your crisps or your salty snacks um, just make yourself some homemade popcorn you can get popcorn kernels anywhere you can get the organic ones in the health food store you just put a bit of um coconut oil or olive oil in the bottom of a big pan um put in about two handfuls of your popcorn kernels whack on the lid and at a medium heat that's going to fill your pot full of popcorn in about five minutes and you can sprinkle it with a little himalayan salt or or sea salt or um even make up a nice spice mix with paprika and coriander and um, oregano and snack on something like that in the evening when you're watching all the nice Christmas movies because popcorn is a um, low GI food. It's a slow release. It's very good for you. It keeps us feeling full as well. And other things I'd be doing would be um, toast your own nuts and seeds. Just put a bit of tamari soy sauce on them um, shake them around, fling them into the oven for 10 minutes and graze on those types of snacks instead of all the sweet stuff or the processed snacks. And, you know, you can do clever things like make your own trail mix with some nice dried fruit and some nuts and seeds and, um, you know, um, even things like olives are a really good snack, very good for us, full of good fats. Um, and when it comes to things like salty snacks, again, just limit those and if you're using salt in your cooking go for the Himalayan salt instead of the regular salt the Himalayan salt is the pink salt it's known as um, pink gold and it contains about 80 different trace minerals Um, and it's pretty much identical to the salt that we find in our blood Um, like normal table salt is heated to about a thousand degrees celsius it becomes carcinogenic and it's full of aluminium so just swap your regular salt with your himalayan salt or even your sea salt little tips like that um have some more here up my sleeve so do you have any questions there aiden no that all sounds fine and i suppose uh, really there's also you know not not forget the um the superfoods like the ch- chia hemp nuts goji yeah. Berries yeah, and jet fruit in general, like friend, friend, uh, fruit salads, I I find very nice. And of course, if you if you get all all the different fruits that you have and put them into a, you know, into a smoothie maker, and that, that's that's a lovely source of new, new nourishment as well. It is, and it's a really good way of just getting good nutrition into your body first thing in the day. If you've had like if you've overindulged a bit the night before. Just get out your Nutribullet or your smoothie maker, put in some nice, you know, bit of banana, put in some nice frozen berries, get your chia seed or your hemp seeds in there. Goji berries are another good thing to throw in because they're full of antioxidants. 
and actually super value in Roscommon are doing acai slabs now which um they're berries that come from brazil and they're about 10 times more beneficial for you than your regular blueberries so check them out and um they're lovely in a smoothie with a few frozen strawberries a little bit of stevia which is a natural sweetener and um just get that into yourself first thing in the day and remember to hydrate yourself as well. You know, we'll be indoors a lot in the heat. Um, you know, people will be indulging and that's okay. It's Christmas time. We're allowed to, we're allowed to enjoy ourselves as long as we don't overdo it. Um, but you know, things like um, swapping the milk chocolate for the dark chocolate. Dark chocolate has a lot less sugar in it and Again, just being mindful of when you are snacking and don't eat subconsciously sitting in front of the telly if you can avoid it, okay? Because you'll tend to eat more than you normally would. Um, and if you're really struggling with a sweet tooth, um, get yourself some farming or chromium because as I said last week, it's like a sugar patch for anybody with a sweet tooth. And it works very quickly to sensitize the, or taste buds to excess sugar and it helps control the blood sugar and again you know it's not just in the sweet stuff there's a lot of sugar in alcohol and um, so moderate your intake of alcohol and you know limit your high sugar drinks like the, sh the sherries and the baileys and the liqueurs and you know other drinks people will take and they don't think that they're you know too bad for them like a gin and tonic, but like a gin and tonic has about four teaspoons of sugar in it. Vodka and cranberry has seven teaspoons. A rum and coke has seven teaspoons. So swap those for things like your white wine, your Prosecco. Prosecco has well under a teaspoon of sugar. And actually, funnily enough, a pint of lager has no sugar in it. So that's a bit of a, an eye opener. And, you know, the other thing is, if you're having something like a, a, a spirit with a mixer, um, just have it with something like, you know, your um, sparkling water or your soda and your lime, put in a few drops of stevia or, you know, squeeze some clementine oranges and have that instead of shop bought orange juice, which is very high in sugar. Um, and, you know, little tips like that, stay clear of those slim line mixers because again, a lot of them are sweetened with, with aspartamin, which is a really nasty, toxic sweetener that um, is carcinogenic and you just don't want to be putting that into your body. Um, and you know what? Just, again, hydrate yourself. Make sure you're drinking. You know, for every glass of alcohol you drink, drink a glass of water as well. And that's a really good tip. That's it, because it, it reduces the... It takes... I suppose it, it helps uh, bring down the alcohol levels, I suppose, as well. And, uh, you know, it's good as well. There's a, a, you know, so, so a friend of mine used to, used to do that. If he had a pint of, mm -hmm. a pint of uh, beer or something, he'd always, he'd also, he'd also have a pint of water as well, which kind of lessens the effect, I suppose. Um, but, you know, that, that's good. Have something like your, your nuts and your seeds that you, you, you have bought yourself that don't have, and, you know sugar or salt on them and as I said just roast them in the oven and and snack on those because that they they again will um they will limit sorry there they limit the um they limit the speed at which the alcohol is processed in the liver okay so it'll just um 
make things a lot easier the following day. And if you're under a lot of stress and pe pe Christmas isn't always this lovely, joyous, buoyant family time, it, it can be a quite stressful time. You're having to, you know, parents are obliged to spend an overspend on little people. Um, you know, people can get together, families don't always get on. Um, people can, it can be a very lonely time of year for people as well. And, and just be mindful of that. You know, if you have elderly um, neighbours, just check in and then make sure they're okay. Bring them something nice to, to share. Obviously, keeping being mindful of social, of social distancing. And, um, you know, if you're finding things very stressful, remember to be eating your magnesium-rich foods, um, like your leafy greens, your, your nuts and your seeds, your avocados, and um, even consider taking a magnesium supplement as well, like the Farmanord magnesium, very good, very bioavailable and um, really good thing to take, you know, when you get up in the morning and it also helps with energy. Um, so doing, having little tips like that and um, just being good to yourself as well and spending a little bit of, you know, Christmas time, time off to actually have a little bit of um, digital detox, for example, put the phone away for a few hours of the day, um, you know, listen to some music, have some quality time with the kids and get into cooking homemade food as well. And, um, you know, just even go off and have a bath with some nice Epsom salts in it, um, read a book and listen to your body because a lot of people are overindulging in a lot of, you know, refined processed foods and there's a lot of intolerances to things like wheat and dairy and people will forget about those over Christmas and they're going to be feeling very bloated very heavy very clogged up the next day so again just remember to just be mindful about what you're eating get out for the exercise go for a walk in the fresh air you know get on that cross trainer just keep the exercise and you know do things in harmony that would be um that would be my advice that's it and of course uh you know even as you said go, going out getting getting exercise and i suppose uh q10 for energy stamina and that that they're good for for hangovers and of yeah. course uh, you know see that's actually quite true one one of our main guys down at, um uh, i i know who um works in farm and Ord is a big fan of um of Q10 for hangover. So again, it's something that, um, again, not something you would be doing all the time, but it is going to be Christmas. So we have to be realistic, but you want to keep your energy levels up there anyway. So it's all about the slow release foods that are going to give you the energy to get you through the day. And, um, you know, snacking wisely and supplementing, make sure you're taking the vitamin D, it's so important at this time of year just to boost the immunity vitamin c as well um you know your zinc your selenium they're all antioxidants that are going to amplify the immune system and um you know again with the alcohol just keep it in moderation because alcohol lowers the immune system as well so if you're indulging make sure you're having a very calm restful day that you're not going to be doing anything too strenuous the following day and let your body recover listen to your body and um that those would be my main tips 
Yeah, I'm a big fan of farming work Q10, as you know, because it gives us energy. It's an antioxidant. And um, it basically um, helps you cope with stressful times as well. So better than the ginsengs and the barakas, just think of going for the farming or Q10 instead. And um, yeah, and just enjoy Christmas and, you know, be in the moment and enjoy spending time with your nearest and dearest. And obviously that will be curtailed somewhat this year, but I think at times like that, we really kind of appreciate what's really important, Aidan. That's it, because I mean, you know, but I, I think that, that that's a thing that, you know, people need to be aware of. And I, I think maybe certain certain areas of society kind of aren't aware of, uh, the, you know, I suppose mental, mental health as well. And I mean, especially with this mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. you know, there's people, homeless people, as you said, the elderly living alone, all these kind mm-hmm. of things and you know with all these restrictions put on, put on us it's kind of you know i suppose it it, it reach, reaches a peak doesn't it really and uh, where people can't cope mm-hmm. and you yeah. know it's mm-hmm. mental health can be a, a huge thing at this time of year well it can be a huge thing at any time of year but uh, you know mm-hmm. it's i suppose in certain sections that they're saying that you know um, mm-hmm. investment in mental health isn't the best you know in in this country but it's it is essential mm-hmm. for getting through stressful times like covid and christmas you know for some people you know christmas is a lovely time and for other people it's ter- it's not great because they don't have any loved ones to spend time with all these things mentally are mentally draining and i suppose mm-hmm. you know if you if you have as you said if you look in on people and things like that you know, even just mm-hmm. to give five minutes, it can make it can mean a lot to uh, someone living alone, or 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 even a homeless person, or just to say hello or something like that can mean a lot. It can having a chat to somebody, even throwing them a smile, and just engaging with them, and just brightening up their day because it doesn't take too much time to do that, and we're rushing around so much all the time that we actually it doesn't occur to us that. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of loneliness and heartache out there. Um, it's been an extremely tough year for a lot of families who've lost loved ones to this terrible virus. And again, you know, this is a time for reflection. It's a time for compassion. It's a time for kindness. And, um, you know, we don't need all these material um, things that people are, you know, we're such a consumerist society, but I think the one thing that the lockdowns have taught us is that we can actually be happy with a lot less and actually start to realize what is really important. And um, yeah, and just, yeah, yeah, just, again, just be mindful of your neighbors, of um, older people, of anybody who is in a difficult situation and, um, you know, Christmas is a bit of a crucible and it's something that's only for a couple of weeks and then we'll be back into January again. So it's all about just doing things in moderation and, um, you know, being mindful of, um, of those around us. And again, if, if people are struggling with their, with their diets or they're feeling very run down after the silly season, think about come to see me in the Magic Spoon in January. I am taking bookings already and I can help you get back on track and get your energy back, boost your immune system and help help you deal with any food intolerances you might be struggling with. And um, yeah, so give me a shout and 
Magic Spoon in Eden in Roscommon, or you can find me on Facebook and Instagram as well, The Magic Spoon. Um, so yeah, that, that would be um, what I would recommend, Aiden, and happy and healthy Christmas to everybody and just stay safe. That's it. And of course, uh, you know, everyone after Christmas too will be between Christmas and New Year. They'll be thinking about their New Year's resolutions. So people will be going for, uh, you know, jogs and doing gym, gym uh, memberships and, uh, you know, weight loss things and this, that and other. So from an injury point of view, you know, if anyone mm-hmm. needs, um, you know, if anyone needs advice, just they, they can contact me, Aidan Rafferty at AR Sports Therapy Clinic and uh, the my number is 089-430-4496. Email arsportstherapyclinic at outlook.ie or else my website is www.arsportsinjuriesclinicireland.com. So, yeah, so um, I suppose, you know, in the ne- over the next couple of weeks, I suppose that that's another angle we, we can look at over the next couple of weeks is uh, people, you know, that are making their making their New Year's resolutions and people going on diets and things like that for for uh, 2021 and and all that and things that will help you know uh, for mental health and things like that and put us all in a positive mood you know when when you're when you're feeling good in your body when you're exercising in the right way when you have somebody like you who's helping people with all the aches and pains and getting their body back into the into the sort of shape that they can exercise again um that's all going to improve mental health also so very much a holistic approach but yeah i think um i think that that's that's all we can do for the time being aiden and we'll, we'll regroup and um, closer to january and see how we can help help people no problem well listen thanks very much for uh for doing the uh, the nutrition podcast and we'll talk to you again soon brilliant and listen have a happy christmas yourself and and, and um same to you and all your loved ones thanks Bye. very much and we'll talk to you soon yeah, no problem. Thanks very much. And that was Helen McSherry from the Magic Spoon Nutrition Clinic. Hello, Ollie, and you're welcome to this week's uh, Roscommon LGFA uh, podcast. And uh, I'd just like to say welcome to the listeners and thanks for tuning in. And I hope you enjoyed this uh, this podcast yeah so uh, a great victory over Offaly last weekend and of course that means that you have you can look, now look forward to an Ireland semi-final yes it's a great victory Ed and thanks very much uh hard earned um Offaly were proved to be quite stubborn and a bit of a nervy start we were we were we were quite poor in the first half so it wasn't our best performance but you know when you get to this stage of the season it's all about the results and the results was we had it was was got and sometimes when you go into a game as heavy favourites which we were it can be hard to focus and that but thankfully the second half the girls pulled away and knuckled down and a great panel effort it was five substitutions and yeah the goal the goal has been reached now the semi final was always the target and uh, it's there now and um, so look at we'll give it we'll give it our best shot. That's it and now you faced into you face into the All Ireland semi final now and. Uh, you know what? What um? What qualities do you reckon will uh, you know will the opposition bring? Uh, do you know much about the opposition for the semi final? Ah, uh, we do need it's our neighbours Westmead, um, very experienced team. Only came down from senior last year, so it's a formidable task. They have a very, very, very strong centre line, uh, five or six top class players. So we know 
the task in hand is is is, is very very tough. But I think our collective spirit and um, togetherness as uh, and this team has evolved, and certainly the addition of the new younger players has brought a new lease of life to it. We've spoken about it before, and. Uh, and sometimes, you know, when you have nothing to lose in these games, it, it'll be a reverse roll. They'll be heavy favourites this time. Um, but it's common to be quietly confident uh, that uh, we can, we'll, we'll peak on the day. And, 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 and uh, there's a big determination to get over the, this semi-final hurdle. So there is a, a once and for all. That's it, because you, you just touched on it there, saying, you know, they have a, a lot of very experienced players. But uh, Roscommon have a lot of uh, seri- very uh, experienced players uh, years of experience, <clears throat> and uh, I suppose no more so than uh, than Jenny Higgins, of course. Uh, f- congratulations to her on her one hundredth appearance for for her county. That's a huge honour for her, and uh, um, and and she stood out. She stood out on Sunday as well last weekend, and I'm sure she'll stand out again in the All Ireland semi final. But it's a it's a team effort to beat Westmead in the semi final. But uh, you know, it's a great achievement by by Jenny, isn't it? Ah, it's a marvellous achievement. I mean, it doesn't happen too often in modern sport and let alone women's sport. So uh, Jenny's a fantastic ambassador for, for ladies football and for Roscommon football and always has been and has won her heart, more her county, uh, crest on her sleeve for, for years and years and years with pride and, and she still has a lot to offer and uh, she's the leader of the gang and she's brilliant with the young younger girls and she she's just a terrific born leader and a terrific leader and yeah, Jenny will be a key player going forward. Uh, for the semi-final, and uh, but as you say, it is all about the the team, and and, and Jenny is the first to 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 admit to that, and she 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 will do her best for the team. That's that's the way she plays. But yes, fantastic achievement on her a personal a personal milestone. You know, personal milestones don't get don't get reached too often in our game, and uh, certainly it is it's a it's one she she she'll remember for a long long time and well deserved. That's it, and I suppose really. You know, lo- looking at the team as well. You know, the younger players, the younger players in the panel, and the new players that have come into the panel this season. You know, it- it's great for them to to be able to have someone like Jenny, and of course, a number of other players. Uh, you know, in the squad to look up to and help to help them in their, uh, you know, starting off their inter county career because it's a step up. It's a step up from club to county as well, and uh, you know the standard is a bit higher. But uh, you know, when when you have Someone like someone like Jenny and, and the other girls to uh, to get tips from it's it's a huge boost for the younger players and the new players. Absolutely, uh, I mean you couldn't uh, you know you, you you will we said it before you win nothing with and uh, one famous English manager said you'll win nothing with kids but you won't either unless you're you're really exceptional kids but uh, so you need that nice blend and yeah Laura Fleming is there Joanne Craig Helena Cummins all very experienced now been a number of years with the county and they have welcomed the young girls into the panel and they have nurtured the, the youth and the youth has given them a new, new lease of life as well and that's important but there's a nice blend of youth and experience there which is which is great and then younger girls we can see it every match they're growing in confidence their, their ability and everything and uh, it, the most important thing is that the squad is strong and the panel is strong and, you know there's, there's, there's someone there's, there's two or three there for every position now that can do a job and everyone is dying to get on the pitch but yeah there's a fantastic uh, blend of youth and experience there and them um, girls have been great leaders and will continue to be so and I suppose really from, from a management point of view uh what are what are the thoughts and um, you know I suppose selection processes. Is, uh, I know the pro the it's uh, it's 
it's still a few days away or so, but uh, I suppose from a, a tactics point of view, where, where was the winning and losing of uh, or the winning of last week's game? I'd say that they're, they're winning. Look, you can prepare and you can prepare and you can get into the mindset and try and get into the psyche. But sometimes it's it's it, it, it's hard not to listen to things going on outside the camp sometimes. And, and maybe there was a little bit of, of that once. Maybe the management themselves probably took a little bit of responsibility for that because the, the, the UFO had a, uh, followed the Wexford win, which was a huge victory. Like Really, it was a year-defining victory. So it's hard. You can prepare, and you, they, they will prepare well, and they will prepare well for the next game. But the mindset is totally different. You're going to be his underdogs this time. But they, sorry, what you were saying about the last game? Yeah, I suppose tactically wise, you know, they stuck. To, the, the main thing is they stuck to the game, and that's that's the the, the, the subs interchanged well, and that was always part of the plan. And uh, they never panicked. I suppose that's 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 that's, that's the real strength. They didn't panic when Norfolk threw everything at them in the first half, and. Just to have that composure, come back in, girls coming back from the forward line to pick up ball in the half back line and to, to keep the ball in hand and stick to stick stick to the plan and, and execute the plan and, and and that worked out well in the second half. That's it, and of course, uh, you know it's very very they very seldom get a, a mention in interviews, but I, I suppose you know the backroom team that she that the that she have as well is uh, deserves great credit for preparing the girls and. You know, and if you know, dealing ah, with injury, last exactly. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's it's hugely important, Aiden. Like, I mean, around every management team, there's a, there's a bigger team again, and you know that yourself, you've been involved. You know, you have your physios, you have your selectors, your yeah. people down to people who organize transport and look after the girls for travel and for expenses. And all of them have a t- have a, have a part to play, and it's very important. And uh, and you have to have all the all that right to for to create the atmosphere. And atmosphere is good, and there's a great great. Great around good county board behind them. Everyone is on, everyone is behind this uh, drive to 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 improve Roscommon ladies football, and uh, it's going in the right direction. And that's not down to as you said, that's that's down to a lot of people. It's not just down to to, to one or two individuals. That's it, and I suppose you know prepare pre- preparations and nutrition for uh, for matches is a huge thing. Now I, I do uh, sports podcasts on nutrition there with. Uh, with with Ellen McSherry and also sports nutrition with uh, Tom Co- Thomas Coleman. Um, he's involved with uh, Craig's GA and Craig's Rugby, and uh, you know they are like a lot of people mightn't think that, but like sports nutrition is uh, is a huge part of sport nowadays. Uh, so there's the sports nutrition side, but also even like preparation for a game. You know, like you know, even getting a good night's sleep, getting plenty of rest. Obviously, you have to train as well. But these are all the things that can be the difference between winning and losing, and especially in a big game now. Uh, you know, like an All Ireland semi final against a, an experienced side like Westmeath. Oh yeah, I mean it's critical, uh, as you say. You know, it, it's it's a given now with every team now, with uh, even a club, never mind county. Uh, preparation is key and nutrition, your diet, your exercise, your rest, all those sort of things. So all of that will be factored into the next nine or ten days and proper what days to train, not to overtrain, uh, diet, what you eat, how you rest, how much water you drink, liquid you drink, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's it's a vital cog in, in every and it's 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 the same as as we said earlier there. It's the same the strength and conditioning guy Trent and conditioning guy, he'll have his part to play in warm ups of training, trying to prevent injury, all that sort of thing. Because uh, at this stage now, you don't want your preparation to be a, a, a reason why you're not ready, you know. So uh, that's vitally important. All these, they're all cogs in the wheel that make the wheel turn around, you know. That's it. And of course, um, 
you know, you played the last two weekends in a row, obviously, and uh, you know, it's it's kind of key for the players and for our, for management and for your people like yourself as well to kind of, you know, that the girls get rest, get uh, rest of you know, the a weekend off or whatever, and they can, you know, they, they can organize things for the final, like and go go through the game plan again, and I suppose plan, you know, I know you have to concentrate on what you're doing but also I suppose you have to have one eye on the opposition and you know identify uh, their key players and yeah. plan around do plan around them yeah 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 that's key like this, this week now there'll be a recovery first uh, during the earlier part of the week and then it'll step up a bit towards the weekend again there'll probably be an in-house training match on Saturday but uh, and uh, because the game is not just on the week, so yeah, and there'll be video sessions and all of that again. No more than the, the nutrition and, and the strength and conditioning is all part of the modern game. The management will study the opposition and try and look at key points where maybe they can be at, um, targeted and, 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 and maybe we'll call them weak spots. But and uh, we also have to be prepared to we look at our own video as well and tape areas where we can improve and things like that and, and that's that's all vital and then the training will, will probably be stepped up over the weekend and then tailor down again towards the end of next week ready for the final fine tune and just then for some of the week that's it and uh, where, where's the venue fixed for no, where, where's the... in no time all we know is that it's on Sunday at one o'clock uh, it, it, it has to be uh, uh, sanctioned and agreed between the LGFA and TG Cattle mm-hmm. because I think all the semi-finals and senior intermediate level are on TV, which is great exposure for the game. So there's a, there, I know there's a senior game and an intermediate. The other intermediate semi-final is on Saturday, and the other second senior semi-final and ours is on Sunday. So like, it, it, times and venues are just not quite agreed yet. We probably know probably by Friday this week. That's it, and I suppose really uh, with regards to the Scott, Scott and intermediate uh, ladies footballers now they're the the only team now left uh, county team. I suppose that. The senior hurlers were unfortunately knocked out against Kildare in the hurling uh, semi-final there on Sunday, and of course, the, as we know, the the lads, uh, the senior, the Roscommon men's senior footballers were but were defeated as well the week before against uh, a very good Mayo team. So it it'll be a great a great boost for the county for supporters and all that. Uh, to see to see the ladies in in the All Ireland semi final because it, it was a good while ago since uh, we've seen any kind of t- apart from yourselves uh, you know they get into All Ireland semi finals uh, you know it's it's not easy to get to them no 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 and no matter what sports are involved or what level uh, you get under fourteen sixteen senior junior whatever it is All Irelands are are hard earned number one and then the second they're, they're hard got to. <laughs> so winning them is so they are and we've experienced a couple of lows the last couple of years so but yeah they're flying the flag but I do firmly believe that, 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 that the game is getting stronger here and that breakthrough will come and hopefully it'll be this year and if not we'll keep we'll keep plugging on because the squad is young and very talented and there's huge strides being made and you know, and there's great appointments being made at, 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 at coaching levels and all this sort of thing. So, yeah, look at it. It would be great if it happens this time and hopefully it will. Um, but uh, the most important thing is, as you say, is they're given enjoyment like in just strange times and people can tune in and watch the matches on, on live links and television and that. So it's great. It's great. I mean, we all know the hype, the the the... the the feel-good factor that sport has given everybody in the country at the moment and God knows if we hadn't got it, God knows how how, how we'd get her through our weekends and we like to play our part in that and for the people who's common, it's great, you know, to have still have a team involved in the championship so late in the year. 
That's it. Well, listen, thanks very much, Ollie, for uh, taking the time out to do uh, your Scotland LGFA with us. And we'd like just like to say the best of luck to the girls and yourself and uh, the management team and the backroom staff. And it's in what's going to be a, a huge game, and no no pressure on them, of course. Well, <laughs> at this level, there's always much <laughs> no all pressure. pressure. But, <laughs> yeah, no, but it's just kind of the main thing for the girls is that they don't you shield them from that pressure as much as possible. But exactly, I suppose there's no more pressure than than they kind of put themselves on themselves to perform. I suppose. Ah, yeah. Look at uh, thanks very much for your kind words, Ed, and we'll we'll. we'll... Yeah, look at uh, every 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 sports person tries to make themselves better, and there is a certain amount we'll we'll shield them from that public limelight until, but they know themselves, and there is a steely determination there to 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 to, to keep improving, and 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 uh, look at you want to test yourself against the best, and with me they're probably the best in 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 our grade, so look at whether you meet them now or in this final, it's it's the same thing. So hopefully it's a hurdle we can cross, and uh, we're certainly wanting, and we'll give it our best shot. No problem. Well, uh, send send uh, send our regards to the girls and uh, I will look forward to It's great. It's great to ha- have a bit of downtime. I know, as you were just saying there, there's an Aver- an university game or an in-house game at the weekend, so that'll be good preparation. But recovery recovery will be going all right anyway. So the best of luck anyway on Sunday week. Thanks very much, Eden. Thank you. No problem. Thanks very much. And that was uh, Ollie Colgan from Roscommon LGFA. Hello, hello, Luke. How are you doing? Welcome to this week's uh, League of Ireland chat. So, plenty to talk about. Um, there was plenty of excitement in the playoffs. Yeah, what a well, it was mad. Um, obviously, we um were supposed to have this out uh, last week, but obviously we had some uh, technical difficulties. But uh, it's good to be back in that, and uh, we can discuss the playoffs, which happened uh, last last week. Um, it was a it was a great for a long for town who got their promotion that they deserved in the end, and Shelburne who have uh, gone down to the first division. That's it, and it was great. It's great to see Longford back in the the Premier Division next season as well. Yeah, it's gonna be great. It's it's great for the club. Like it's great for it's great for Longford Town. Like they they'll absolutely be buzzing with that. It's uh, it's great for 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 everyone involved with Longford. I'm sure they're all delighted, but. Um, a club which you kind of look at it from from their season during the season before the playoffs, they they'll be disappointed with how they uh with how they kind of performed and their consistency, but they know that themselves. And it, look, it doesn't really matter in the end because they got their promotion and um they're obviously going to be now uh, into the Premier Division, so uh, they'll be looking forward to that. That's it, because I mean yourselves and um Drogheda United and. Uh... Longford Town have played each other in in the first division, in the League of Ireland first division. But it'll be a totally different barrel. It'll be a different uh, kettle of fish next year, uh, next season with the because uh, both teams will be investing in the squads and a different approach and all, all that. You know, higher standard and all that. So it'll be a different, a totally different game next season when you when you play in the in the Premier Division. Ah, yeah. Look, it'll be. It'll be different to when we played them in the first division. It'll be a different feel about it. Um, Drada haven't bet. We actually haven't bet Longford since twenty twenty eighteen. So, um, what a way it'll be to do it um in the Premier Division. So hopefully Drada will be able to do that. But um, ah look, it's it's great. It's it's gonna be great for them two clubs. You know what I mean? Both 
who have been in the first division since the last few seasons. And um, I think the last time Longford were up was 2016, maybe. Um, might have been around that. And um, look, they'll be absolutely delighted that they're up now. And uh, I'm sure that they want to stay there and establish themselves as like Drada want to do. So it's it's set to be a, a nice, like a, a, a different um, Premier Division. Look, not really different Premier Division, but it'll be great for, for them sort of teams to, to establish themselves there and, and uh, stay there as long as they possibly can. That's it, and I'm sure it'll be the same for uh, for yourselves as well. Like looking forward to taking on the cream of the cream of the Premier Division. You know the likes of the likes of Dundalk, the likes of Shamrock Rovers, you know Bohemians, all these all these very top quality sides with uh, you know with brilliant grounds and top quality players. So it'd be good to it'd be good for yourselves, like. Uh, both teams to test themselves against those the, the likes of those teams and see how how they see and but there'll be there's a lot that you can learn from that as well. Yeah, that's it, and hopefully then you can look go like when you get promoted. Uh, the first season is always the toughest, um. But if Jordan can just stay up and and establish themselves in that league and and um, you know what I mean, keep the keep, just establish themselves and make themselves known to, to everyone, then that'll be good for, for for them and then they'll be able to if they can stay up and then and then keep building on that as each season comes and and then hopefully then we can get to the level as like Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk. But obviously we need to we need to um focus on the first season ahead and the first task and that's uh, establishing yourselves in the league and, and start as hit the ground running and try to get as many points on the board as we can as early on. That's it, and I suppose looking at both squads as well, I'm sure both squads will be investing in uh, players over uh, during the closed season as well. But I suppose you you'd be looking looking forward to a break. I suppose after what was a I suppose a slightly shorter uh, Premier League Premiership Premier First yeah League of Ireland. I mean, than than uh, what would usually be. Ah yeah, look, it'll be it'll be good to have the break now. I'm actually you would be missing it too, but. It uh, it'll be great that we can if we can obviously get in now for the the, the lads and that uh, build not get a nice squad together a nice squad with like uh, we've started well I think we we've signed twelve players in the last week re-signed twelve players in the last week all with new contracts um I think it's key that we keep a hold of them players and and then hopefully then in the next few months we'll be able to add um some real like Premier Division quality experience and that and that will put that will form together a nice balance in the squad and. It'll be a nice squad there, and and uh, then that, that which then can give you the best opportunity to establish yourself in the Premier Division, and I'm sure that's what Drada want to do. And look, I'm, yeah, you'll be looking forward to it now. I can't can't wait to to uh, get back and get seeing Drada play in in these grounds and and against these opposition against these players like it's the likes of Jack Byrne and Danny Grant and all these players, you know, Graham Burke, all these players between Rovers, Bowes, Dundalk, and every team really has quality so it's it's going to be great and it's going to be great for even when long for longford as well i'm sure every longford fan could agree with me with, with what i'm saying you know that's it and i suppose that's the that's the other thing about next season hopefully you know uh, fans will be allowed back to league of ireland grounds i know they're in the premier league over in england they're allowing they're allowing fans up to 4 4000 uh, fans are allowed back to premier league grounds so hopefully you know, the, hopefully it'll be back to normal now next season and, and uh, fans will be able to follow their teams, uh, you know, like Shamrock Rovers, like 
draw the United Longford Town, all the teams in the Premier League, and indeed the First Division as well, just to bring back that special that special atmosphere that you can only find in the League of Ireland. Well, that's it as well. Look, you know we, you know, Park is is quite known for its atmosphere. Um, so like without the fans, it's it's different. Like when we won the league, then the cabin Teely, I was only saying this to someone like it's it was so different and it was so you know what I mean like it was so it was bittersweet in a way, but. Um, it was great that we got it done in the end, but it was just without the fans, it wasn't really the same. But now, hopefully, next season, the like the, the likes of the Loud Derby, and not even just from from a draw to point of view. When you look at Shamrock Rovers and Bowes, like the Dublin Derby, you know, without the without the fans, that they would look like, when they played in Tallow only recently, it was obviously quite dead to be honest. Um, like the fans kind of make that derby what it is, and um, I'm sure they'll be wanting to get back in for that. And look, there's a lot of these games that draw the fans will want to get to. A nice away days and that and hopefully soon we'll be able to like the fans will be able to do that and uh, uh, I'm sure they're all missing there's something shocking That's it and Premier League Premier Division uh, survival will be will be a, a big target for you next season as well and I'm sure for Longford Town Yeah that's it look it's staying up as I mentioned you know staying up you have to hopefully we can stay up and establish yourself even get as high as you possibly can in the league and um, if you do that then you're doing well and that's when your first like that's for your first season you'll be doing very well and and then hopefully then that we can do that and and I'm constantly build on it but look you have to just take it as it comes and and uh, take one, each game as it comes when we get there but um it'll be nice now to you know for the lads for the players and that from from every team in in the league of Ireland that they'll be able to get their their break now get the off season get signed up with their clubs and straight back into it then in January you know that's it, and of course, last weekend as well was the uh, FAI Cup semi-finals, and uh, plenty, of, plenty of uh, great games there as well over the weekend. Yeah, the it was the quarterfinals between um, obviously the postponed games between Dundalk and Bowles was a great game. Uh, it had it all really, like it was a mad game. To be honest, but one of the, it was another great game, you know, and uh, I'm sure Dundalk and. Um, in the semi-final now this Sunday against Athlone, which is a, a what an occasion that will be for Athlone Town, uh, Athlone Town. Um, but look, Bowles will be very disappointed with that uh, result against Dundalk four-one. You know, it was very disappointing for from from their point of view. But ah, look, they had a good, they've had a great season. They've got Europe again, so they'll be delighted with that. But it would have been nice for them to get a nice cup run. And then you look at Finn Harris and Shamrock Rovers. Like oh, yeah, that was a game where. Probably Finn Harris would feel quite hard done by three uh, two in for Shamrock Rovers and three, like three penalties in about in the space of like ten minutes for Shamrock Rovers and two they scored two and missed one so it was that was a mad game like Finn Harris going two 0 up and then in the second half then Shamrock Rovers come out all guns blazing but uh, some of the refereeing decisions in, in that game was quite poor so Shamrock Rovers were, uh, Finn Harris will feel uh, very disappointed very disappointed with that result but. Looking at that, Finn Harps have had an absolutely fantastic season. Like they wanted to stay up and without without having to deal with the playoffs, which they've had to deal in the last two seasons. Um so they'll be absolutely delighted um, with that one and um I'm sure they're they're loving that and they're they've got another season of uh, Premier Division football. That's it. But I suppose really on the flip side then you have the likes of uh, you see the likes of uh, what was once a great a great football team and I suppose still are, but just, just kind of unlucky the way things have gone for them. Last couple of seasons in Cork City relegates the first of it, Division One. Yeah, Cork will be will be 
gutted with, with how they've with how they really done to be honest this season. They I think the short season might have killed them because they brought in an awful lot of players from like loan deals from England and that. So that that didn't help, you know. They didn't get the time to click. Um and they didn't click really at all. So um it, it's disappointing to be honest, but um it's disappointing from for them. But look, we move. Uh, well, Cork move, so they'll have to look read like they'll have to build on that from next season. They'll have to, they have to go up. You know, that's that's where they belong. I'm sure the Cork City fans will agree. Like, and I think everyone could agree, Cork belong where they, Cork belong. Um, in the in the Premier Division, so they'll be really disappointed with with getting that from like you look at it like three seasons ago or I don't know if it's three seasons ago, but um they won the league, and now uh three years later they're relegated. So. Look, um, I'm sure everyone's disappointed with that, but they have to they have to build. And I don't know what the talk was with the the Preston owners and what they're gonna do with that. But look, they'll uh, have to they have to regroup and whether they'll they'll get the financial back in next season or they don't, who knows? But they have to regroup and they have to they have to go up because look, that's that's the that's the pressure that goes on Cork City on the name, you know. And look, they'll be um they'll be looking forward to. to going at that and look when you look at the first division next season it is it is going to be different it is going to be a difficult one you've got Galway who are now going full time bringing these players in now as we speak um, they're going full time that's going to be massive for them uh, Cabin TV as well will be hoping that they can finish as high as they can and UCD will be will be moment, like UCD will be wanting to sort of Keep the keep a hold of their players that they have. I think I don't know what degrees and that how that works out, but I'm sure they'll want to. Um, I'm sure they'll want to go ahead with, uh, what they have with the squad they had because the squad that brought them really close last season. Um, and uh, also Shelburne now going back up and Cork, Shelburne going back down and Cork is is mad. Um, so it's gonna be it is gonna be an intriguing one next season in the first division. That's it. But maybe that maybe them going down might be a blessing in a way because you know that that if they go down then they you know they, they might be better in division one and they, they they'll um, maybe if they could win some games the confidence will be restored and then then they could get uh, build up momentum and you know go for the title and if they win for the title then. You know that might that might improve their chances then when they when they come back up to to the Premier Division. Yeah, that's it as well. Look, um, you know it's gonna be a it's gonna be a difficult one, um, for 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 every team in the First Division next season. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like you you look at the team Bray as well. I didn't even mention Bray. Like they've re-signed Gary Shaw and Darrell Lynch, two absolutely. Unbelievable players, I have to say. Like Gary, Gary Shaw. Well, if he stays fit, he's great, you know. And Callum, Callum, no, not being Callum. Um, Dara Lynch is is building. He's a great player, seventeen years of age, and he's on two year deal now. So we're we're brave. So yeah, he'll be. He's very young and he's a great player and he's scored a lot of goals. He got a nice breakthrough for Bray, and I'm sure that he'll want to kick on from next season and hope and help Bray get promotion. That's it, and I suppose uh, next up we will uh, discuss uh, Dundalk's journey in the group stages of the of the Europa League. You know, the, as we discussed previously, maybe there, uh, you know, the the some of the scores that that came up didn't actually reflect some of their, you know, how well they actually performed in those games. Yeah, look, you know, and um, that's it. That's it as well. It, it was. Disappointing to be honest, wasn't it? 
Yeah, that's it. Because, I mean, you know, they played well against FC Molde and they could have, you know, they, they were in the lead for most of that game. But I, I suppose really the fact that Molde were kind of more experienced, I suppose, or kind of, I think they're a professional side, maybe maybe that kind of, maybe the fitness or, you know, <laughs> you, you can find a lot, a lot of different things. But, uh, you know, I suppose they dug deep in the second half and then they got the equaliser and then they got the winner and, you know, in, in fairness, though, they didn't lie down. Dundalk didn't lie down. They tried and tried to get a, an, an equaliser and the, it just didn't work out for them. And then I suppose, you know, there's the Arsenal, there's the trip to Arsenal and that. You know, there's the, the, there's one or two, well, maybe not the Arsenal game, but they definitely could have got something out of the FC Molde game. Yeah, exactly. They could have got something out of the Rapid Vienna game as well, only recently, the last game there um, before international break. So, they'll be, look, Dundalk will be, will be disappointed with with the Malda and the Vienna game, you know, it will, it was, you know, the, as you mentioned, the Malda game, they could have got something out of, and the same with the Vienna. So they'd be disappointed with that, but they've got other, they've got other opportunities now, uh, home to Vienna, away to Malda and a, and a home to Arsenal. So look, they still have to play everyone again and um, still, a, still a, a long way to go. If they, if you get six points against Vienna and Malda, um, then you, you really you 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 have you haven't you have a chance you know what I mean of of getting into the round of thirty two so ah look you know what I mean it's great it's great for Dundalk you know what I mean great for them it's 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 fantastic for League of Ireland as well so yeah I have to admit it's uh, it is it is very good you know that's it and I suppose you you know if the the next time they're in Europe as well they'll be better well I suppose in the you know for uh, they'll be better in the in the pre, in the Premier Division of the League of Ireland but also. You know when the, when they get into Europe again, they'll be they'll have huge experience, and who knows that? You know, I mean, they did it this year. Who's to say that the next time they're in Europe, they won't do it again? Yeah, that's it. Look, they'll they want to just push on now, you know, and and uh, still plenty of opportunities to come for them. So they just have to take them opportunities when they come, and and uh, if you do that, then you're in you're putting yourself in a good position. Uh, I always say that, but um, ah, look, you know, it, it, it is really what it is, and. Dundalk will be delighted to even got as far as they have, you know. It's uh, it's all bonuses from there in. That's it, and I suppose move, moving on to finally, um, yeah, a period that ha- a period that hasn't been that great or that kind uh, to the Republic of Ireland team in the latest international uh, matches. You know, friendly against England, a lot of people kind of wrote off, off Ireland, uh, you know, against England in in Wembley then. Then they played, um, you know, you know. Then they lost. Then they lost. They played the other game. Then they, you know, that I suppose between injuries and between injuries and COVID, it hasn't been that kind. And and then Bulgaria as well. So you know, a one nil loss to Wales and nil nil draw. They still have to kind of score. They still have to score, or or to get a win under Stephen Kenny, which means that the the pressure is kind of on now. But then there was a. The controversy as well over over a video uh, before the game, before the England game. So um, you'd like to think that you know they can move on for this, but you know little things like that that are leaked out to the media, they tend to linger as well. And you know there's a few people kind of call them from Stephen Kenny's uh, for Stephen Kenny's he- head on the plate, but uh, you know I suppose you'll always have that section of people that just don't like him, and that's it. Yeah, look, that's it. You know, the, any opportunity to get rid of them, people are trying to get. You know, uh, you have to believe in Stephen Kenny. I do. Uh, look, it's, it hasn't been great. It's been a twenty twenty to forget for Ireland, 
for like the Republic of Ireland. So they just have to, I always say, just have to go into the now the, the new year and try again. You know what I mean? Go again, go again, go again. We won't be in the Euros, which is obviously it's it's not a nice feeling. It would it would it would have been great, you know. Um, especially now with the positive the positivity that's coming around the vaccine, you know. Uh, hopefully that yeah. that the fans will be able to get in for the Euros. So it it is really disappointing. Um, on that from that point of view, but look, we just have to move and feel we you would feel very hard done by with but Stephen Kenny hasn't had it easy since he's come in with with COVID with injuries with like different things you know and uh, ah look he has to he just has to keep going and uh, that video as well like you just have to like and as you as I mentioned anyone like they're trying to get rid of my all costs now at this point uh, some fans anyway so um that was gonna something like that was gonna happen get leaked or something you know uh, but. You know, I think they've they've decided that the case is closed. They don't find anything wrong with it. And to be honest, I don't find anything wrong with with the video that you showed. Not that I'm, not that I actually seen the video, but from what you heard, like it was only what a couple of goals and a bit of the background of the history between Irish and Ireland and England. You know what I mean? Like if that if they're really gonna make a big deal out of that, then you know you, you would be worried, wouldn't you? Well, that's it because I mean you have now the uh, you know it, there's even like members of the. The printed press, you know, journalists that are calling for his head, which is, you know, rather rather kind of silly because he's not that long in it and it'll take time. Because I suppose really when you look at the squad, he can only pick with what he has. And to be fair, considering the squad, you know, you know that he that that um, Stephen Kenny doesn't have the squad that the likes of other international teams have. He's not doing like they're playing a very good game. They're playing a very good style of football, and uh, they're they're just not being not able to kind of finish off the chances. And they are they are creating the chances. And I mean, Daryl Horgan out the wing, and you know so he's some great crosses and things like that. It's it, if we could find someone like if we could get Troy Parrot in form, and you know a few other players back. You know if the last if they got got their form again in twenty twenty, and of course. 2021 is a is a new opportunity as well because it's the World Cup qualifiers. But they they really need to, I suppose, hit the hit the ground running in in 2021 and get the belief back in the fans and uh, you know the public, I suppose, and the media as well to get the media off their backs. Ah, yeah. Look, they've a lot to do now. They've a big job in hand. You know, um, I'm sure it will only get worse if if it, if it if it gets worse. You know, I'm sure it only. The, the the back the the stick that Kenny's getting will only get worse if if uh, if it keeps going the way it is like we have to admit it, it isn't going well look you you can play expansive nice football but you can you put the ball in the net you have to, you have to score goals to win games you know um and you look at Ireland teams in the past probably haven't played nice football but got the got the goals got the ball in the net you know and goals win games and we just haven't found the net and uh, that's what's letting us down but we've had the opportunities it's not as if we, we aren't creating like we are it's just, we don't seem to have a goal scorer and it's it, 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 it's just frustrating watching it but um, hopefully next season we can get Troy Parrott in form get Jack Burton more involved like thought when Jack Burton came on against um, Bulgaria he was very good very very good and even against Wales he was quite he was quite good when he came on so I'd like to see more of Jack Burton in the, in the Republic of Irish squad Republic of Ireland squad you know because he, he is, he's a, he's a talent and I'm sure he wants to get involved as much as he can. But it is, it's disappointing seeing like, Ireland the way it is. And it's nice seeing them play a different type of football, nice football and all. But when you can't score, it, it is it is worrying, you know. 
That's it. Well, hopefully now 2021 will be a, a better year for the Republic of Ireland and, and these players. And, you know, because a lot of these players are playing well for their clubs. It's just, and we will, I suppose Coleman was out as well and we were kind of missing his leadership skills. But I suppose at the back of it all, we can't really be, you know, resorting to excuses when we lose it. You know, usually, you know, who the better team wins. A lot, a lot of the time, but I suppose all you can do then is learn from the learn from those mistakes and where you can improve and try and improve on them. And then next year is a new year. So listen, thanks very much, Luke, for doing this week's League of Ireland chat, and we look forward to talking to you next week. We might we uh, do a review of the League of Ireland season. Yeah, definitely. Look, we've the cup in that now at the weekend at Lone. Uh, great occasion for them. So. Hopefully, um, Athlone can beat Dundalk. It would be great for them to get into the cup final in the Aviva and that and have the chance. But, ah, look, it, it, it's going to be another good week. Um, it, the season's far from over yet. So, um, thanks for having me on anyways tonight, Aidan. No problem. Thanks very much and we look forward to talking to you next week. See you then. Bye-bye. Well, you're very welcome back to Sport Pulse with myself, Aidan Raftery. And, uh, We've come, unfortunately, come to the end of what was a fantastic show. I enjoyed presenting, doing the interviews as well. And we hope you enjoyed the last two hours with us. And we hope you'll tune in again next week. I'd just like to say thanks very much for tuning in. Stay safe. And until next week, bye.